On this morning, very simple message. I just want to encourage you about what I call the power of words. Now, words can have a very strong impact in people's lives. And, uh, you know, of course, we try to teach our kids not to let words bother them. We have that famous rhyme, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And it's a good rhyme to know and, and to teach kids to deflect negative comments that are thrown their way. But the truth of the matter is, the words do hurt. And they sometimes very much sting, and sometimes they're a lot more painful than the sticks and stones. Uh, and it's just the reality of it. I want to talk about the importance of how we talk, the words that come out of your mouth, how to approach your spiritual experience uh, with your words. Um, the Bible actually says that, uh, you know, it's with our heart. What? What? My collar sticking out is driving you crazy. The redhead. <laughs> is that better? <laughs> or someone's wrong or she's gagging to death down there. <coughs> <coughs> she swallowed a fly. I don't know why she swallowed that fly. Okay, so, am I, am I, am I okay? My fly's not down or anything? Or anything? Uh. <laughs> anyway, as I was saying, <laughs> the importance of our words. The Bible even says that your mouth, your words are important even in the salvation process. It says that with the heart, we believe. But it's with your mouth that confession is made to salvation. Uh, the two go hand in hand. We need to learn to speak our words into the spiritual realm. Because these, this is a powerful concept that the Bible teaches. In fact, uh, in Genesis chapter 1, the very beginning, the account of uh, creation, verse 3 says this. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And it goes on, God said this and God said that. So God used the power of words. It doesn't say God thought. He said God said. Now, I'm saying this because I'm trying to encourage people, you guys, to pray using your words. Okay? There's some bizarre thing that's happened over the last few decades in Western culture, Christian culture, where people, have, they don't really pray so much. Anymore. They think. They think at God. They get quiet and they just think of God and say, well, isn't that prayer? Well, you know, I don't know, better that than nothing, but that's really not the definition of prayer. Prayer is actually speaking your words to God. There's something powerful about speaking into the spiritual realm. Certainly, even God did this, and obviously God's words are pretty powerful. When he says stuff, stuff happens. But we need to speak uh, into uh, the spiritual realm. That's why when we pray, just don't be sitting there thinking your prayers. Pray your prayers. Say your prayers out loud to God. Get along with God. You don't have to sit there and scream and yell. The neighbors will think you're nuts. But uh, he's not deaf. But to say your words, there's something powerful about that. God did it. Jesus did that. The Bible says that Jesus was in the boat and they're in the middle of that storm. Everything's going crazy and the, the disciples are freaking out. And Jesus got up and said, be still. And instantly, everything was still. All the disciples went, whoa, who is this guy? Because this is when they first had met Jesus. He didn't get up there and think, be still. At it. 
He said it when Lazarus was in the grave. Jesus said, roll back the stone. I said, Lord, you don't want to roll back. He stinks at this point. He's been dead for long enough. He says, roll back the stone. And he cries out, Lazarus, come forth. He didn't think it at Lazarus. He spoke it. There's something powerful about speaking into the spiritual realm. And the Bible says, Lazarus comes hopping out of the grave, all bound up. I'm sure everybody freaked. <laughs> I would. <laughs> I said, man, I'm out of here. Ah. There's something powerful about speaking. And you know what? I don't understand it. And it seems very much to Western culture, very conservative approach to Christianity. I don't know what it comes from. I had people try to explain it. I said, well, you know, I was raised Catholic. And I said, well, that's not even true. Catholics said prayers. Everybody said prayers, right? We had little beads to keep track of how many we said. You know, you said things. You don't think it God Luther everybody they say prayers what is this version now of prayer where people just I just think it's a little odd again better that than nothing but learn to speak into the spiritual realm every religion in the world understands prayer to mean verbalizing your request to God I don't care what religion it is. They all speak their prayers. In fact, the word prayer means to speak your request to God. It used to be synonymous in English language. Uh, if you look at old English, if you're going to say something, just say, I pray thee, fellow. You know, I mean, they're asking. I'm saying something to you. It's synonymous. Now it means meditating or something. It was never that all religions do this as part of the human experience even the dark arts do this satan worshipers and witches and whatever they speak hexes on people right they speak but they don't think them at you they say it you know i am newton wing of that how dare you say that i'm so fat you know they put some kind of hex on you or whatever that's the whole thing, trying to find the right words, right? The right incantations, the right blah, 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 blah. Except this weird version of Christianity we've come up today where everybody's thinking, you know, even the worship experience when you gather together, you're at Celebration Church this morning, you've been singing, at least you're supposed to be singing. I know some of you are very spiritual because you believe in miracles. You try to sing with your mouth closed. I've never been that spiritual. You should learn to open your mouth and don't stick your hands in your pocket and rock while the band's playing. How do I know this? I sneak in the back and watch you. That's how I know this. Stop. Open your mouth. Verbalize these words to God. That's why they're on the screen. That's the point. So, well, I don't know the melody. Listen a few times. It's pretty repetitive. It's not too fancy. You'll get the hang of it. That's why we say the Lord's Prayer together. That's why we confess the Apostles' Creed. That's why even when your campus pastor leads in prayer, we all end by saying, Amen. We verbalize. You need to learn to verbalize your experience with God. Speak into the spiritual realm. Don't just get caught up into this weird thinking thing. Number two, be careful how you speak to others in your life. Why? Because words have 
power. We read about it in Proverbs, the 18th chapter. Solomon writes, you know, from the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled. You have to look at the, uh, the word pictures that he's painting here. You're physically affected, he's saying, by what comes out of your mouth. The words of a person's mouth, his stomach is filled. The harvest of, by the harvest of their lips, they are satisfied. And he goes on to clarify, he says, the tongue has the power of life and death. All of you listening to me right now, you hold in your hands, as it were, literally in your tongue, the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit, he says. You need to be careful what you say. Speak life. The reason why some of you, your life is so full of death and negativity. And so just listen to the way you talk. Everything's, everything's awful and horrible. And you're like Eeyore in the Winnie the Pooh show, you know, with a cloud hanging over your head. Oh, bother. Oh, bother. Everything's going to be horrible, horrible. And then you're saying, well, Pastor, why does my life stink? Look at the way you talk. Constantly walking around speaking death into your life. Be positive. Speak life. Speak life into your children. Some of you listening to me right now, you struggle greatly in life because of what your parents said to you. You struggle terribly, and I get it. You know, you were raised, you're a disappointment. I just, you're just a mess. You're never going to be a nothing. You're a nobody. In a... People talk this way to their kids. I can't even comprehend such things. But you've experienced this. Why you struggle so much in life? Hard for you to succeed. You can't believe in yourself because you've been hardwired and programmed that you are a loser because someone spoke that death into your life in your most formative years. The good news is you can change that programming by reading the Bible and getting those thoughts into your head and learning what God thinks about you. Because despite what your parents said, God actually believes in you. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad about that? You know, my parents aren't with, with us any longer. But, and, uh, you know, they were, they were interesting people. <laughs> Highly dysfunctional in so many ways. I don't have the time to tell you. But... If there's one really strong, positive thing that we got out of my parents is that my mother in particular was always speaking life to us. From my earliest memories, hardwired into my programming, my mother always said to us, you can do anything because you're a gunger. What are you? We're gungers. What does that mean? We can do anything. Yes, yes, we're gungers. Yay, we're gungers. I was 35 before it dawned on me. That doesn't really mean anything. <laughs> what does that mean? I'm a gunger. What does that mean? It means nothing. But yet, while some of you are haunted by this voice in your head saying you, you are lousy, you're disappointed, I'm telling you, I am haunted by my mother's words saying, you can do anything because you're a gunger. And, it, and it, I talk to my brothers and sisters, this is this voice that we hear inside us no matter what our biggest failures and disasters there's mom always reminding us you can do anything you're a gunger hallelujah whatever that means but be positive speak life into your children look i get it you gotta deal with them because they drive us crazy <laughs> they make mistakes 
They're supposed, that's how you learn. You know, you know how you really learn the fire is hot? By touching the fire. Now you try to reason with them. Don't do it, it's hot, hot, yes, hot, hot, yes, hot, hot. Hot, 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 hot. Now they know hot, okay? So they don't freak, I mean, at some point they gotta do something stupid or they don't learn anything. Then it's always in the area of theory, okay? And you got to deal with them and stuff, but always encourage them. Look, you're better than that. I believe in you. You can rise to a higher thing than that. Don't, don't speak death into your children's lives and give them the same kind of poison that you got. At some point, you got to break the cycle of crazy. Speak life. You're a person of faith. You know the love of God. Speak that into your children. Speak life into your marriage. There's a big problem that we have, and I'm going to go out on a ledge here and get myself close to trouble. <laughs> now, there are, <laughs> there are generalities between men and women. It doesn't mean everybody's that way, and it doesn't mean the other people, but I know, but they're general because generally it's true. Generally speaking, men, we have issues, Okay? We can be very insensitive, totally disconnected to what's going around in us, and very given to visual stimulation, looking at things we ought not to look at. Why? It's a problem for men. We have spoken about this ad nauseum, okay? Some women do, I understand, but generally speaking, it's a man kind of problem. It's stuff that men deal with. We've talked about that. But if there is an issue that women tend to carry, it's this preponderance to be speaking negativity into their spouse. <laughs> Always, you don't do that, you don't do this, and you're a Really? Zip it! Stop doing that! My marriage is terrible, I'll bet! If I was married to you, it would be terrible too! Stop it! Oh, it's not, you know, the Bible says, and I've already said, well, some men do that. I know, it's a generality. Just check your medication, okay? It's just, <laughs> they're so defensive. But I'm telling you, it's a problem. I hear it all the time. Women are kind of telling me all the terrible things. He does this, and he doesn't do that. Eh? And some of you do it with spiritual things. You don't read the Bible enough. You're not spiritual enough. You don't, you're not the man of God you ought to be. Really? You need to be doing this. No, I'm just trying to help them. You're not helping. Besides, it's not your job. Your initials are not Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Good grief. Quit speaking death. It's called disrespect. Well, I'm just trying to be a godly woman. Well, you're not. Okay, when you do that, you're not being like God. The Bible's very clear. A woman should treat her husband with respect. I get it. Men should love their wives like Christ loved. I get it, but I'm talking about this talking thing. Stop. Well, I'm just trying to win my husband to Jesus. He ain't never coming to Jesus the way you blather on. Stop it. Peter said this, and this is not a favorite verse of women, I'm telling you right now, but Peter said this. You want to win your husband, do it, quote, without words. They don't like that because women are always asking, Pastor, what can I say to make my husband do this? What can I say to make him do that? Pastor, what can I say to get it? Nothing! Zip it! Stop! 
There's no magic incantation. Blah, 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 blah. How about some respect? How about some love? I promise you, the redhead over here, who points out that my collar is always sticking up, the redhead over here has never done that in 40 years, has never turned my words around me and stuck them in my face. And you don't think she has opportunity? <laughs> she has never, what I hear some of you girls doing, I walk away, I'm stunned. I, I tell her, thank God my wife doesn't do that. I say, I'll thank God. I just spent time with you guys, walk away thanking God who I got. Stop it. Now, on occasion, she will playfully, <laughs> playfully make a comment like, I heard a very great man once say, and then quote something that I said, okay? But at least then it's playful. She's not being disrespectful. At least she's quoting a great man. <laughs> okay, a little respect. Stop speaking death. You wonder why your situation's so bad? Stop. Watch what you say. And besides, <laughs> some of you, you've done it for 10, 15, 20 years. Has anything improved? You know, if it worked, at least you could say, you know, this works. The more I criticize him, the better a man he is. Then I could go with you. But it doesn't even work. Stop. Stop. Speak life. Speak life into your church. Don't walk around rehearsing and tell everybody what's wrong with the pastor. <laughs> or other things. That doesn't mean you can't bring up issues and we should change this. So that, I understand. Then there'll be disagreements. It's fine. But watch the poison. There's a difference between talking about stuff and being poisonous. And some people are just poisonous. They just bring death. You want to live a long, healthy life? Now, I know, I know a lot of you people out there, especially a lot of the girls, are very into nutrition. You know, make sure that you eat these many, you know, critters and don't eat those critters and you know, eat these kind of fruits and don't eat those fruits. And you don't watch for your B vitamins and your HWZYK vitamins over here and drink your noony nanny juices and do all this other stuff. And, you know, because I want to live long. You got to live long. You got to eat this. Okay. And I'm off. You know, be as wise as you can. I'm not, you know, I think some of you are a little nuts, but be as wise as you can. You know who really determines how long you live or die? God. I don't care what noony nanny you drink all day long. God determines this. Look what Peter says. He says, don't repay evil with evil or insult with insult. Well, he said such and such to me. I don't care. Don't repay evil. Well, I did such and such. I don't care. You don't. Someone else's bad behavior does not give you permission to be mean. Don't repay evil with evil, insult with insult. On the insult. On the other hand, on the contrary, repay with blessing. Because to this you were called so that you might inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days, I want to see a long life. I want to see good days. They must keep their tongue from evil. You hold the key of life and death right here. I don't care how much noony nannies and whatever you do. You want to find the key to long life, prosperity, and blessings in health? Watch this. Quit speaking death and criticism and nastiness and unbelief into your life. Speak 
life. Look, this stuff works. The crazy thing about it, you don't even have to be a Christian and this would work. Just be nice. Good Lord. Instead of talking death, this is just, this makes, should just at some level of common sense. James writes about this. He says, when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Now, a horse is a very powerful animal. And what he's writing, he says, maybe you put a little bit in that huge animal and you can make it do whatever you want. He says, or take ships as, as an example. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, he writes, the tongue is a small part of the body, but yo mama, it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire. Boy, does that describe some lives in here today. And it's set on by the fire of hell. Some of your lives have been hell. The entire direction of your life, you know what I'm saying is true. A lot of you guys, the whole course of your life has been altered because of some stupid and destructive and nasty thing you said. He says, be careful with this. All right, so number one, learn to speak into the spiritual realm by actually using your words to God. Number two, be careful how you speak to others. Choose life, not death. And then finally, in closing, uh, learn to speak faith uh, that is consistent, words of faith that is consistent with your faith. And, and, and don't be inconsistent. Uh, for example, let me give you an analogy. If I got a guy right here, and he fixes garage doors, and I need a garage door fixed, okay? And I come to say, hey, Larry, I hear you fix garage That's us. We're garage doors are us. Okay, great. And, and I see here that you know my garage door. You have great experience. You've got great reviews and stuff. And I want to hire you to fix my garage door. Would you do it? Yes, I will. Great, man. I, I'm glad you're doing it. I'm excited. I'll be out of town. I look forward to being it fixed when I get back. Okay, great. Great job. And then I go to my buddy. He says, how's your house? I go, oh, it's terrible, man. I got this garage door. It's broken. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if it's ever going to be able to fix you know, it's really messy. I don't know if there's any hope for it at all. Now, if Larry heard me say that, what do you think Larry would think? Are you jerk? You just said you were going to hire me. I said I'd fix it. And already you're going around telling me, oh, I don't know if there's any hope for my garage. That's not what you just told me. You said, great, I think you can fix it. All right? Now, whether he hears it or not, that's just in this realm. A lot of people do that to God. They come to God and they say to God, God, I'm trusting you. I'm asking you to turn around my situation. I know you can do it. And my hope and trust is you. Your word said you do it. I'm believing you for it. And then you get right around people. How are you doing? Oh, my life just sucks. It's horrible. I don't know what's going to happen. It's just terrible. I don't know. Just pray for me. There's not a whole lot of hope. God can hear you. Yeah. <laughs> that was a shock to some. God can actually hear you. Even if you whisper it, he can still hear you. In fact, I absolutely believe that some of you absolutely negate your prayers because God can hear you telling everybody how you don't believe God can turn it around. Stop doing that. Be consistent. If you're going to come to God, say, God, I am trusting you to turn our circumstances around. And someone says, how things are going? Say, man, it's rough, but we are trusting God to turn things around because God can hear you. 
All right? And we believe he is faithful. And here's this positive things happen. We still got struggles. And no matter what happens, we're still trusting God because our hope and our trust is in God. Someone was talking to me after, yes. Someone was talking to me after the, uh, it was Randy, on the way over to, uh, to the, uh, uh, the west side. And uh, he was telling me about this church. They found out that the pastor had a terminal disease. So they called for a prayer meeting. And they prayed all night long, continuous nonstop prayer through the night until the morning, all night long, asking for God for a miracle of healing for the pastor. And that next morning, everybody went on, and they left, and he said, on the way out, he heard two guys. One guy says to another guy, I wonder who our new pastor will be. (laughs) And the other guy says, yeah, I hope we can get a young guy, because we need a young guy this time, you know. Seriously? You just prayed all night long and you wasted it. Because as soon as they open up the death out of the mouth, they absolutely cut. How can you stand before God? We're trusting Jesus Christ for a miracle for our pastor. Yeah, when he's dead, I wonder who the next guy's gonna be. What the heck are you? We're not thinking. Stop that. Well, you don't get answers to prayers. You don't know how to line up your mouth with what God is doing. If you say you trust God, then trust God when you say it, when you walk away. Don't just trust God in this building and at your campus. When you walk out of Appleton this morning, walk out of Stevens Point this morning, out of Green Bay this morning, don't be in here saying you're trusting God. As soon as you see your friends, say, oh, man, this is horrible. I don't know what's going to happen. Really? Even the guys in the Bible, <laughs> there's an account in the book of Acts where it says Peter was arrested. And they'd already killed John. I think John they'd already killed. And, and uh, 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 well, one of the guys, whoever it was. And then Peter's next, and, and he, they think he's going to kill him. So they're praying. They're at the church, and they're praying. Oh, God, and they're one of the houses praying all night long. God set Peter free. God set Peter free. And the Bible says that Peter was in, all of a sudden, the chains and everything fall off of him, and the door just opens up. And the guard is standing right there. And he walks out, looks at the guard. The guard's standing there, still awake. He just walks through the door, <laughs> walking down the hall, got to the main gate. There's guards standing there, and nobody can see him. Wow. And he says he walked up to the main gate, and then the main gate just goes, and he walks out it. And it just goes. The Bible says Peter thought he was seeing a vision. He thought he was dreaming it. Okay, and then when he's finally outside, he goes, oh my gosh, I'm really out of there. He just walked out. Nobody could see him. He went to the door and said, nobody saw it. So he goes to where they're all praying, and he knocks on the door. They open the door, the lady goes, ah, and slams the door in his face. That's what it says. And he goes, what was that? It's Peter. And some of the guys said, oh, it can't be Peter. He must be dead. Well, it must be his spirit. It's his spirit floating around out there. Oh, just, oh, woe is me. Really? You were just asking God for a miracle. God does a miracle. As soon as he does, well, it must be his spirit. He's dead. Finally, some guy said, hey, open the door. And Peter goes, hello. And he walks in. How'd that happen? He says, I don't know. I just walked out. Wow. Sometimes we can be presented with a miracle. And people are still, some people are still negative. You want to get the miracle? That can't be true. (laughs) You can't fix crazy. I don't know. (laughs) Psalm 119 says this. 
May the words of my mouth, talking to God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation, the thoughts of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. May the words of my mouth, the thoughts of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Don't let your words, don't come to God for one thing and then walk away speaking death and defeat and destruction. I don't know how we're going to make it. It's going to be awful. Really? Well, pastor, it's the fact. Well, okay, let's deal with the facts. But let's, if we're going to trust God, let's say we're going to trust God. And let's talk about the facts in the light of trusting God. Because that would be consistent faith. Watch what you say. Number one, learn to speak to God. Verbalize your faith. Stop this head faith, okay? Learn to speak your faith to God. Learn to sing in church. Learn to pray. Number two, be careful that you speak life to the people around you. Number three, make sure that your words line up outside what you're, publicly to what you're telling God secretly. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the truth of your teachings. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us. Help us to realize that we need to speak life. Forgive us for the death and the negativity that so many of us get caught up in. And help us to stop. Help us just to make a determination today. You know what? I'm going to stop being disrespectful to people. I'm going to stop being disrespectful to God. I'm going to stop with the negative, And I'm going to start making sure that my words line up with my heart. My heart is trusting God. I'm going to have my words line up with that. And help us, Lord, to be marked by nothing else. That the one thing that should mark us as people of faith is that we are always, constantly, predictably speaking life. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. Amen.